Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. This is your host, Pat Bergstresser. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are back for another episode of the LinkedIn series. We have this in two phases. The first phase is building your profile. The second phase is networking. Before you can really start leveraging the incredible networking power that LinkedIn provides, you've got to have a solid profile. And so far, we've covered the photo, we've covered the opener, which has a lot to do with your headline, your your unique URL that you can assign your profile, your open to work settings, your location. Uh, and then most recently, we talked about the about section and how, in my opinion, that's the most underutilized piece of real estate on your LinkedIn profile. So if you haven't heard those episodes yet, and you're interested in that aspect of your profile, go check those out. This particular episode is sequentially next the next piece of your profile. So moving down from the about section, the next section we want to cover is your experience section. This is the majority of the real estate on your profile and this is really where everything that would go on your resume, this is this is where that goes on your LinkedIn profile. So this is where you cover all of the different jobs and tours that you've had uh, in everything that you've done professionally. So if anybody wants to deep dive into a particular tour, tour, job, role, skill set, accomplishments, that's where this all goes. And so if you haven't started writing your resume yet, this is essentially where you're going to keep your, what I would call your master resume. So essentially, Everything that you've done professionally can be kept here because it's your LinkedIn profile. There's no limit. People can find whatever they want to see. And LinkedIn has done a really good job of making this visually appealing. And if people want to see more about what you've done at a particular role or job or tour, they can click and see more details about it as they read through the specific descriptions. But essentially, this is the bulk of your profile. And this is really where you're going to spend the majority of your time filling this out. And as you progress through your private industry career or post-military career, you're going to continually updating this as you uh, finish up roles, finish up projects, progress from one company to the next. This is going to be sort of a living and breathing document as you continue your career. And as you continue to network, you want to keep this up to date so people know what you've been up to particularly if you're changing industries from what you did in the military. Maybe you were uh, in a particular field in the military, you know, for, for cert- certainly uh, for a lot of the combat-oriented roles, more than likely you're not going into a combat-oriented role when you leave the military. And so when you're transitioning careers, it's really in fields of expertise, it's really important to keep this up to date so people can see most recently what you've been doing. Because a lot of times for those who are transitioning from, from one field to another, you want to show where you're headed and what you've most recently done, not stuff that you did 10 years ago. And so it, that's what we're going to be covering today is this experience section. We're also going to be covering the volunteering piece. And the reason I say that is they're formatted essentially the same. And when you're talking about what you do from a volunteering perspective, you can format that exactly the same as you do for your experience section. So we're going to cover both of those at the same time. So whatever we cover here, just apply that to your volunteering section as well. You don't need a volunteering section. It's optional. But again, there's so much real estate on LinkedIn, in my opinion, is you should maximize it as much as possible. And the volunteering section 
gives you an opportunity to show what kind of person you are outside of work, something that you might be passionate about other than what you do every day in the office, and adds a little color to you as a person as far as what are you about besides your subject matter expertise and being awesome at whatever it is you do as a professional. Getting into it specifically, we're going to start with the formatting. In the military, we don't necessarily have like a company we work for. You can think of the company as the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, the United States Marine Corps, whatever it is. And so when you go in to build this particular section, you can actually see the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Army. Those are employer options, and uh, and it'll be specifically listed as a company option. So don't go in there and type in your unit. When I was first building my LinkedIn I realized, oh, if I just put in my unit, it's not going to have a nice little logo for my unit. What the Navy and the Army and the other services have done is they've registered themselves on LinkedIn. So when you list your company as U.S. Navy, U.S. Army, whatever, there's actually a little logo that'll pop up next to it, and it just has a clean look. If you, For your company, if you do the unit you're in, your unit more than likely isn't registered on LinkedIn, and it also looks a little disjointed when you start filling that filling out your profile that way. I'll see a lot of veterans who go on their LinkedIn and they might be in a joint unit or they might work at a particular unit that is registered on LinkedIn. And so they use that as their company. I highly recommend against that because what happens is it's hard to tell if you were in the military or not, because you might have three tours in the Navy and, and it'll connect those with these nice little dots that makes this clean progression. And then your next unit, maybe you worked at, you know, SOCOM maybe down in Tampa and you put SOCOM as your company. Well, now it's hard to tell. Did you get out and work there as a civilian? Did you stay in the military? It looks really disjointed and it doesn't look clean. And at the end of the day, people outside the military don't know the difference between any of those freaking units. Like all they know is you're either in the military or you're not in the particular service you're in. They don't really care what particular unit or you were at or what particular command you were under. So my advice is as you put in all of the tours you had in the military, keep the company consistent as the service you were in. When you when you bring up a, a new section that you want to add, you're going to have a couple options. It's going to be title, employment type, company, location, start and end date, and then description. The title, my recommendation is to put whatever your title was at the unit you were at. So I have mine up here right now. The last role I was in in the Navy was I was the combat engineer for SEAL Team 4. So when I first built this section, I put combat engineer at SEAL Team 4. What that does is it allows you to say what your title was and then what unit you were at. So that way you get the fact that you were in the Navy, because that'll be listed as your company. Then you get that you get to say what unit you were a part of, which may be relevant for other veterans, but for most people isn't relevant. And then you say whatever your title is. When you first start building this out, I wouldn't get too wound up in translating your title yet. You can do that as sort of a version two of your LinkedIn. What I would focus on first is just get this thing built out and then you can refine it. Don't try to get this perfect the first time. So for your title, just put whatever your title was at the unit you were at. As you look at the titles of units, a lot of units in the military are really, really long. Sometimes they're you know, an, an acronym of five or six letters. And, and so that's five or six different words that build up this unit. You'll have to determine if you want to condense that down to one acronym that doesn't make sense to anybody, or if it's better to have it spelled out, even though that's really long. I'll leave that up to you as sort of some judgment. But keep in mind that 
People reading your profile may know nothing about the military or they might be veterans. And even if they're veterans, if they still don't know what the acronym is, it's probably best to spell it out. And you don't even necessarily need to spell it completely out. You can truncate it. You can shorten it. This is LinkedIn. Nobody from the military is in, is, is investigating how you refer to them. So if you want to change the way it's titled or call it something different than what it actually was, that's totally fine too. But for the title, I would do your actual role and then at whatever unit you were at. The next section is employment type. This is optional. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even mess with it. It's really more intended for people who are doing freelance work, contract work, internships, stuff like that. You're basically full-time in the military, so I wouldn't even fill that out. You you can put full-time if you want, but it's not necessary. The next is company. Again, that's what we talked about up front. Make this the service you were in for every single bullet you had. Even if it was a joint tour, even if, you know, sometimes in the Navy we call them pep tour pep tours. So you know, I was a civil engineer officer, and if I went and did a tour with the Air Force, there were opportunities for us to go work in Air Force construction units uh, and Marine Corps units. Those are called PEP tours, where you're like the only person from your service in a, in a unit from another service. I would not list the other service here, because what it's going to do in your experience section is make it look disjointed. You want each one of these to look consistent. And again, you still were employed by your home service at the time. So just keep it Navy, Army, whatever. Next location, do not do the base. Don't do the base that you were at. Do the actual physical location. The base means nothing to anybody outside the military. And you want people to read the location and actually know where you're talking about. So for example, a lot of my career was in Gulfport, Mississippi. And the base I was at was Naval Construction Battalion Center, Gulfport, Mississippi, NCBC. Most people in the Navy had never heard of that base, let alone people outside of the Navy. So for mine, I just put Gulfport, Mississippi. When I was in Virginia Beach, I was at Joint Expeditionary Base Little Creek Fort Story. There is an acronym like J-E-B-L-C, but nobody actually would know what that means either, right? So I just put Virginia Beach, Virginia, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And people just want to know where you were if they're reading through this. So just put the location that you were physically at. Then go ahead and put your start date, your end date. You know, you can do years or months, whatever you want. And then the description is really exactly what we did for the resume series. So if you haven't listened to that series, I would go back and check it out, particularly where we talk about the professional experience. That's the podcast episode that actually talks about how to fill this out. My recommendation here is exactly what you did there. The difference on LinkedIn is you can list every single assignment you had, because there's no limit to how much you put on here. Whereas your resume, you only have one to two pages, depending on if you're doing a one pager or a two pager. And so you really have to be selective as to what you put in there. But we'll recap it here at a high level just to hit the same points. I highly recommend the STAR method. And the STAR method stands for Situation, Task, Action, and Result. The format for the description is an is an upfront paragraph summary. So that upfront paragraph is going to say generally, what were you responsible for? What were your overall responsibilities? Then the bullets is where you hit the task, action, and result. So the bullet is the bottom line impact. So if your upfront summary is, I was in this unit, I was responsible for XYZ, and I led this many people to accomplish this general sort of level of responsibility, then your bullets is the task and the action and the result for your major accomplishments. And when you hit those major accomplishments, you want to make sure that the end result is in there. So when you read that bullet, 
you don't stop reading that bullet and think, so what? You want to answer that question, so what? What is the impact? What is the bottom line? And you want to quantify it as much as you possibly can. And if you can quantify it with a dollar value, that's even better. When people are scanning your profile because they're not going to read it top to bottom, the only person that will do that will be you. So when they're scanning, they're naturally drawn to numbers. That's just how our minds work. We see numbers that pop out. And in the private industry, they care about money. Money is what profitable businesses care about. And so if you can incorporate money in a way that makes sense, people's eyes are going to be naturally drawn to that. So if you if you can quantify your results, that's really important. And it's even better if you can quantify it with dollar values. One aspect of this that I want to hit on is as you're building each one of these assignments out on your profile, don't list deployments separately. If you are in a unit and you went on a deployment, your deployment and what you accomplished on that deployment can be one or two of your bullets for that section. Don't make it a separate section. I've seen people do this on their resumes where they list like a six-month deployment as its own separate thing. I don't recommend that unless it was one of those individual augmentee deployments where you literally were assigned to a completely different unit and you didn't have a home unit back at home. So you know, for, for, for my community in the Navy, civil engineering officers, we could go on these, what were called IAs, individual augmentees. And it was basically where we would go mobilize, usually out of Norfolk, Virginia, and they would just send us to Djibouti, Afghanistan, Kuwait, wherever. And we would be sent out basically as an engineer and we would be attached to some other unit, like an army unit, or maybe at a staff headquarters or something like that. And we were literally by ourselves. We, we, weren't, we didn't have like a CO of some unit that we were actually assigned to. We were literally an individual augmentee. And the reason we did that is because people always need engineers downrange, and the Civil Engineer Corps has a bunch of them. Uh, and so that was one of the ways that we could get mobilized and deployed to meet our deployment requirements in terms of you know, the number of days you need to spend, uh, be spending uh, overseas to sort of keep everything equal for everybody so, so certain people aren't deploying all the time. So those types of situations can be their own separate deployment because you literally were assigned com- to a completely different unit. But if you're assigned to a ship or a wing or a unit that just has its own deployment cycle, I don't recommend making that a separate assignment because it's confusing to anybody who wasn't in the military and it really doesn't need to have its own section. It was part of what you did while you were assigned to that unit. So I recommend keeping that just as one or two of your bullets. The accomplishments from that deployment can be particular bullets. And honestly, nobody outside of the military cares about your deployments. People in the military love to say, oh, I went on this many deployments you know, while I was in, that's cool. And you can talk about that with your military buddies, but people outside like don't really care. They might act like they care, but I can tell you they just really don't because they just can't relate to that. They don't really understand. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? All that matters is the value you can add to your business or to their business. And being on a certain number of deployments has almost no relevance to that most of the time. So again, I, I don't think deployment should be separate sections on your profile unless there was some sort of individual deployment you know, where you got assigned to a completely different unit. As you're filling out your description, we talked about this in the about section for one of the particular pieces of the about section. If you ranked out as number one, number two, number three, top 10%, anything like that, make that the number one bullet. I didn't do this my first time. And I remember showing my resume to somebody and like my last bullet in the section was, you know, number one of 10 or whatever it was. And they said, why don't you make this the first bullet? And I was like, well, I don't know. I just, I didn't think it was as important as my accomplishments. And they said, no, they said, you want to get 
you want to hit the biggest points as upfront as you possibly can. And so they said, ranking out, while it isn't a specific accomplishment, it's not like you did something and here's the result, they said that is the results of your results. If your results are really good, you're going to rank out really well. And obviously, we all know there's some politics when it comes to ranking time and unit, time and rank, seniority, you know, who knew the right people. Obviously, there's we could spend all day talking about that. But the bottom line is, if you ranked out well, make that your first bullet, because that very quickly says, hey, I'm a top performer, and you don't need to know anything else other than, you know, consistently ranked in the top 10% or ranked one out of five or two out of 20, whatever it is. Make that your first bullet because that just sends a very upfront message that you're a high performer. Then all of your other bullets can be after that. One cool little trick that you can do is adding media articles and and media documents to your particular assignments and jobs that you've had. It's not like a version 1.0 thing I would worry about, but if you happen to know of an article that was on, you know, Navy.mil, Army.mil, something like that, that was about a particular exercise that you were involved in or a particular mission where somebody actually wrote something about what you did, when you're edit, editing your experience and you have the editing tool up, there's a button for upload or link. You can actually upload documents. Don't upload PowerPoints. Don't upload anything that anybody wouldn't care about. But I'll give you one example. One of my deployments... I was managing some of the logistics for a Strike Force NATO exercise called BALTOPS, which is, I think it stands for Baltic Operations. And there was an article written at usni.org, which is the United States Naval Institute. And they actually wrote an article about the exercise and kind of what the significance of it was. And, and this particular exercise was more of a posturing exercise we partnered with a lot of the Baltic countries that are worried about Russian aggression. And so we do this big exercise in the Baltic Sea, sort of a sort of a show of force, which is honestly what a lot of our exercises are. And that was there was an article written about it. And so I linked that article to my profile. So if anybody's curious, and I bet nobody's looked at that, but perhaps one person has to see what it was and what that exercise was. So when I say, you know, let a staff of eight associates responsible for blah, 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 and one of my accomplishments is related to Baltops, people can actually click the link and see, oh, okay, this gives them some context as to what you did. And the fact that there was an article written about it is kind of cool and adds some some context to what you were doing and gives people an idea if they can see some pictures of ships and planes and whatever else. And so people get an idea of what you were doing. And then lastly, just moving down the page, we're skipping over licensing and certifications for now. We'll come back to that uh, in education. We'll come back to that as well later. But skipping down to volunteer experience, this is where it's really just all the volunteering efforts you've done. The military is really, really great about giving us opportunities to volunteer in the local community. Some of the things I did, one of the, the, the most notable for me was I worked with the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society as sort of the, the active duty fund drive uh, coordinator. Every year they pick some junior officer to manage the, the fund drive where they go around to all the units and raise money. Uh, and that was something I did for a couple of years when I was in Mississippi. So I have that listed in my volunteer experience, among a couple other things. And I do the same format there, the star format, to detail what I did and what my impact was. So I kind of explain what my role was as far as you know working with the 
points of contact at all the different units to coordinate fundraising efforts. And then I have a couple bullets listed as far as what were the results, you know, how much did we raise compared to the previous year. And and we also implemented a new online donation platform. Uh, and so I talk about that as well. And so the the whole point here is with your volunteer efforts, don't be afraid to leverage the same format for your professional experience as you do he- as you do for volunteering efforts, because a lot of times while we're on active duty, we're doing things through our units that are volunteering efforts. And if you had any type of significant role in that or just anything at all, I really encourage you to put that on your LinkedIn because it's just another opportunity to pe- for people to realize that you're not just a worker. You know, you are a person who has a life and who does things that you find interest in and find value in outside of work. And so I really encourage you, if you've done any type of volunteering experience, just go ahead and list it on here. You never know what somebody's going to do. Like I have my Eagle Scout from when I was in high school listed on here. Uh, I, I doubt, you know, most people even look at that, but you never know if you're getting ready to go in for an interview and you're on the other person's LinkedIn, they're, you know, a hiring manager or somebody that's going to interview you and you go to their volunteer experience and you see that they were an Eagle Scout and you were too. And so you can bring that up during your interview as a way to connect with that person. And if you go back and listen to the interview series, that's something we talk about is finding a way to connect with that other person in the room, even though they're the one that's going to evaluate you and the person that is looking to make sure that you can do the job. At the end of the day, they're a person as well. And if you can find a way to connect with them, that's just going to give you a leg up. So you can go to the interview series to hear all about that. But all that to say, that's why these things that aren't necessarily professional experience on your LinkedIn profile are important. And so I would encourage you to fill out that volunteer experience and fill it out the same way as your professional experience so that you can add some color, some detail, some context as to what it was you did when you were volunteering. So the bulk of this section on your LinkedIn profile really is tailored to the same type of work you did writing your resume. So if you're doing your LinkedIn first, that's great. If you're doing your your resume first, that's fine. But all the same stuff we talked about of how to fill out that professional experience section applies here on LinkedIn. The key difference here on LinkedIn is making sh- is, is sort of following this clean format that we've outlined to make it clean and eloquent and nice looking on your LinkedIn profile. You don't want the disjointed random assignments at random units. Mo- nobody cares even if people in the military, like I see a lot of profiles and I see all these particular units that people were working in, I don't know what half of them are. And nobody cares really outside of you. So again, your company should just be the US Navy, US Army, whatever it is for however many years you were in. And then your, your particular title is where you put what your title was and then at the unit you were at. So if you were company commander at you know, the 82nd Airborne, you, that would be what your title would be. So it's it's the particular role you had at the unit you were had. Again, version 1.0 can just be whatever your exact title was. You can come back once you get this all listed out and actually start translating that title. So for example, like I mentioned up front, my title when I was at SEAL Team 4 was combat engineer. I was just the engineer for the team. I changed that to engineering and logistics manager because that makes a whole lot more sense. People think combat engineer, they think I was running around with an M16 and a pistol, you know, killing terrorists. Not anywhere close to what I did. I also wasn't, you know, it's funny, I was talking to uh, one of my friends who was interested in this job when I was still in it, and I told him, you know, believe it or not, it's not engineers jumping out of planes with protractors in their hands. That's not, that's not what we did. And he literally thought that's what he did, that that was something that we did. 
you can go to jump school while you're there, but I never jumped with the team and there's really no reason for me to do that. I was an engineer, not a SEAL. But, uh, but all that to say, you want to paint a clear picture of what it is you actually did. And what I did was I managed engineering and logistics efforts. So that's what I changed it to. But again, that can be a version 2.0. The focus here first time, the first time is just getting everything on here. And the reason it's so important to fill all this out is because when recruiters are looking for you on LinkedIn or anybody's looking for you on LinkedIn, they're, a lot of times they're using keywords. So the more text that you have on your profile, the more likely it is that they can find you and the key words that you want to drive home are the key words related to the job industry that you want to be in. And we talked a lot about this with your headline when we're talking about how to fill out that headline in the opener, uh, in the, the episode uh, about the LinkedIn opener. And one of the pieces in that section or that podcast we talk about uh, is the headline. And we talk about the importance of keywords and using a word cloud to figure out what the most important keywords are for a particular role that you're looking at. As you're figuring out whatever type of job it is that you want to do in the private industry, it's important to make sure those types of keywords related to that field are sprinkled throughout your profile. And where the most text on your profile is going to be focused is in this professional experience section. Particularly if you've had a very long career, you're going to have a lot of sections to write out here. And if you can tailor your text around those types of keywords that can really help your profile be highlighted when people are searching for people with the type of experience that you have that are looking to transition into the type of field that you're looking to go into. So keep that in mind as you as you write this out. We talk about a lot of this in the resume series, so go I would go back and listen to that. A lot of we get a lot more detail into how to actually craft this type of writing. But all that to say, it's very similar to that. We kind of covered the format, covered out how to fill out these sections. Volunteer experience section is almost identical to the professional experience section. And so we'll leave it there for today. Don't need to belabor the point anymore. I think we got the point across. But again, this is the heart of your profile. This is where most of the text is going to be. This is where you actually talk about what you did. And so the same type of effort and care that you put into your resume should be put into this particular section on your LinkedIn profile. The nice thing here is you can put everything you ever did. There's no limit. There's no one or two page limit. Keep in mind that people are going to be most interested in whatever's most recent. And the LinkedIn profile goes in reverse chronological order. So it's always going to show what you've done most recently. And that's what employers care about most. So that's all we have time for today. I'm going to end it there. And I end every podcast with the same quote. It's a Winston Churchill quote, which I believe embodies the military transition. And it goes, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, you can always email me at pat at transitionvetcoach.com, or you can go to our website at transitionvetcoach.com, where you can find this podcast, all of our other podcast episodes, blog articles about a lot of these topics. Check it out. We'll leave it there for now, and we'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. <laughs>